Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Okay, restructure. That's right, yeah. Um, my business partner and I in property both have companies that are on, not related to the property industry and they've been up and running for all anywhere between 5 and 15 years now. Okay. They're both limited companies in their own separate right. What do you both do? I've got a plumbing and heating company. Okay. It's uh, been running for about 6 years yep. uh, as a limited company. And uh, Ben's got a manufacturing company. So they're both quite well established um, and, and turn over quite a lot of uh, revenue. Mm-hmm. Individually. We then set up a property company, or we've actually set up two. We've got one for holding property that we, uh, we put anything in that we buy. Yep. And we've got a sorting company. Mm-hmm. But we haven't got a, an overarching header company above any of them. So two of the parties, we've got two that we're both co-owners of. So here you've got your company. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll call that company A. Mm-hmm. I'll just put plumbing for now. I'll put, oh, yep. Yeah. And over here we've got company B, yep. which does what, sorry? Uh, it's like a manufacturing. Manuf- so I'll, I'll put, okay, yeah. And then over here you've got a third company? We've got a third company that's uh, set up with Sitco for holding, buying holding company. So over here you've got HCO, yep. Yep. And then we've got a sourcing company. Underneath here or somewhere separate? Somewhere separate, yeah. Okay, so over here you've got a sourcing company? Yeah. Yep. Any more? There is, but that'll do for now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to restructure this also. We might just do the whole lot. Well, there, there was a, a company that we set up two, three years ago. It's just in my name. It was for uh, corporate left. Okay. We're kind of making a bit of a transition at the moment, and this is whether we should do or not. Yeah. The sourcing company obviously does sourcing income. So, we, we so also run consultancy, and we are invoicing consultants. So this this is owned by both of you, yep? Yeah. 50-50? Yeah. Okay. Alright. And this is owned just by you? Yeah. 100%? 100%. Okay. And what's the question? <laughs> it's at the moment we the, the one that's owned 100%. And Carol, you thought you were a mess by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you get a bit carried away and you start setting things up. Um, so the one that's owned 100% by me, the corporate let's one, yep. which just be dissolved, you know, uh, which is what we're probably going to do. Okay, let's kill that off then. Yeah. Yep. Now the question is, is that because of the sourcing company, we're running the sourcing deal through it and we've also started to put the, some of the consultancy income through it as well. Mm-hmm. Do we, at this point, just keep it set up as it is, or do we set up another company for consultancy, one company for sourcing? and then try and have an overarching company. How much income comes in from consultancy? Consultancy at the moment probably about three, four grand a month. 50 grand a year? Yeah. And is there any income coming in from uh, sourcing? Yes, it's anywhere between 250 to half a mil a year. So, 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 so this is VAT registered, yeah? Uh, yeah. Let's just call it 300 grand, yeah? Mm-hmm. And the people that you're charging uh, the Consulting fees too. Uh, are they okay to pay VAT? Yeah, they're not registered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So, and what's the purpose of having a holding company? Well, that was because we were using the profits from the sourcing company to start buying property with. Because we both have income from the other two companies first. So here, yeah. you loaning money to this company? Yeah. Okay. And do you want, do you want these two to be involved here or no? Not really. The plumbing company being sold, that's actively on the market, so that can go. And um, Ben's company will be remaining, because I think he actually owns that with his dad as well. Okay. So what you, what you really want to do is, have your hedge cut here. And ideally what I would say is, stick the sourcing company here. And then is the intention to buy and hold property, or is the intention to buy, refurb, sell, or is the intention to do something else over here with some more companies? Well, that's the thing. I think there is going to be more companies coming. Yeah. 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 So ideally what I would do is, I would make the sourcing company part of the holding company. Okay, and then you can transfer the funds up here uh, as a dividend, yeah. which is tax-free, saves you all those loans and all that kind of messy stuff. And then when you open up new companies, B, C, or so on and so forth, you can transfer the funds down to those. Yeah? The slight problem you've got is what you should have done <coughs> is when you formed the holding company, you should have made this company 100% owned by this company here and then I assume you and your business partner obviously own 50-50 each here because that's what you told us so what you now need to do is something which I kind of covered a bit yesterday it's called a share for share exchange yep share for share exchange so basically at the moment you and your friend or business partner are sat on top of this, this company here as the shareholders you give your shares to this company in exchange for shares in this company, which you already have by the way, uh, to own this company here. And what that means is then you form like a, a small group structure and that's going to make it easier for you to grow and expand as you go on. You don't have to by the way, you, you can keep this separate, but as you get, get bit, is the idea to keep that or are you going to try and sell that at some point in the future? Well, no, we'd probably keep the sourcing one anyway. Because it, it brings in cash, yeah. So I'd make it part of the, the, the group structure and then it's going to be easier for you to pass money around and do lots of other stuff as well. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Happy with that? Yeah. Anybody else any, have any questions on company structure? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, Senator, so I have. We'll give you the mic. At the moment, I have one company which holds some properties, single X. I spoke to my wife and I. And in the future, I want to understand how we will structure it if we do different things in the future. So, for example, if one of our properties becomes SA. How, and we want to develop more of that business, how would we structure that? And if we did uh, managing of other people's rental properties, how would we structure that in terms of, is it worth having? You mean in terms of having, ha, ha, yeah. So different property strategies, you should have different companies. Depending on whether you're holding or you're trading, cause the example our friend gave over here about flipping, yeah. or service accommodation, or deal sourcing, okay are all treated as trades. I mean, service accommodation isn't a trade, but it, it, it gets the same tax benefits as long as you meet the rules. If you're buying and holding property, then you want one holding company, which is your investment company, a holding investment company, and then you can have different companies with different people as partners or shareholders, yeah? yeah. And then you want a second holding company, which is your trading holding company for doing sourcing, <coughs> uh, flips, uh, rent to SA, and any of the type of trading activity that you've got. 
So you want this particular structure here and have all your companies beneath it. So you say you have two Yeah. 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 Because what you don't want to do is, and I don't want to complicate this too much today, is you don't want to mix trading and investment together. So when you buy and hold property for tax purposes, that's called uh, investment. So therefore you have an investment company. When you buy and sell something, that's uh, a trading business. And to keep it really simple is uh, the government incentivizes you by giving you more tax reliefs and, uh, for, and exemptions if you are trading. So if you're an investment company, you don't get those uh, benefits. So for example, you may have heard of entrepreneur's relief. You, our friend over there is thinking of selling his uh, business. If he sells his business, because it's a trading business, the first million pound that he makes, he'll only pay 10% tax on the shares. If he has an investment company, and let's say he has 20 properties in there, and has owned it for five years, if he sells the shares in the investment company, there's no entrepreneur's relief. Okay, then there's other reliefs like R&D uh, relief, investor's relief, and a few others. If 20% or more of your turnover, your profit, value of assets, or the time spent is directly linked to the investment side of the business, then you lose trading status. And what you don't want to be doing is losing trading status. Because at some point you'll sell something and then you'll have to pay a lot more tax. And that's why we want two different structures, one for the holding uh, investment companies and one for holding trading companies. Yep. Can I just ask a question on holding companies? Yep. So, and bear with me, what makes a holding company? Are you done, sorry, are you done? I wanted to clarify why what you just said then is different from, from what you drew on the board there, because isn't a sourcing company a trading company? That's right, yeah. And a holding company at the top's an investment company. No. Holding property, right? Okay. Which links to that question there. Is that the only question you've got? Yes. Oh, possibly. Thank you, Graham. So your question is, Linked to that, I think. Yeah, what makes a holding company a holding company? Because we got stung with um, somebody who set up three companies for us, telling us that one was a holding company, one was then going to be um, a, a trades company, okay. and one was going to be something else. Uh, when our new accountant looked at it, they were all individually owned with individual shares. So is a holding, co is a holding company... You're going to answer your own question, by the way, in the next 30 seconds, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Is Jeez. a holding company a holding company because it owns the shares to the companies underneath it. I told you you were going to answer your own question, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, so uh, a holding company is a holding company because it holds shares in other companies, yeah, that's right. So if you had two people at 50% shares in the holding company, they would own 50% in effect of any company that came underneath that as well? Yeah, that's right. But... By default? No. It depends how much the, 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 the holding company owns. So you two own... 50% each of our holding company. We then, us three, form a sourcing company, okay? Yeah. And you own two thirds, a third each, and I own a third. So your holding company would own 66.6%, yeah. and I could individually, through my holding company, or me as an individual person, own a third. Does that make sense? So the two at the top would own 50% of whatever, whatever they own. That, that's right. If only you two own this here, then obviously the holding company would own 100%. But whatever the shareholding of the holding company in this company here, you own half of that shareholding. Okay? Does that answer your question as well or no? No, I don't think so. Okay, what was your question then? It's coming... <laughs> it's coming back to try and understand 
what you're saying about having two different holding companies for different yep. uh, different activities. Um, uh, what I'm not getting is how that's different from what you explained there, which is where you've got different activities in different companies, but all owned by the same holding company. So here, our friend over there was going to go into different property strategies. If all your strategies are treated as trading businesses, then you have them under this particular holding company here, yeah. which is going to be your trading holding company. Yeah. So what you don't want to be doing is, so I'm building some flats in uh, Boston, houses, uh, and the intention is to sell those. Yeah. If we sell those, that's trading. Our friend over here is looking to uh, buy a, a house, refurbish it, and then flip it on. That's trading, yep. Yeah? So if you're doing those types of activities, including deal sourcing, you have them under your trading holding company. Yeah? If you're looking to buy and hold houses, then you don't want, want those to be in here, because if 20% of the income, profit, uh, value of the assets, or the time spent, okay, is linked to the investment business, then you lose trading status. So you don't have to have a holding company for your uh, investment properties. What you could have is, on the side over here, a limited company, that is as an investment, which holds all your properties. Yeah. What usually happens for some people is they end up buying properties with different people. Yeah? Especially if they're doing no money down, because they might not have one particular person who's got all the cash. In which case, you have a holding company, which is your investment, not trading. Okay? And then you and I do a deal together, and we buy and hold. Then you do a deal with our friend over here, in company B. Company C, you might do it on your own. Company D, you and some uh, Carol do a deal together, yeah? So if you're going to work with different parties and hold the properties, then you have a holding investment company for those uh, deals. Yeah. If you're just going to do trading activity, then you have a holding company for the trading activity. Yeah? Is that, are you clear on that? Because if you're not, I'd rather spend more time and help you get clear on that. Does that make sense or still no sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, you sure? So if I want to do um, <coughs> manage someone else's properties and develop that business, that you're saying that I just be that's it, that's for my investment. That no. Sorry. If you're managing properties for somebody as an agent, yeah. then that is a trading activity that would come under your trading. The only time it's the investment if you buy a property, hold and rent it out. Yeah. Everything else is pretty much trading. Okay. You just keep them separate. Yeah. yeah. Got it? Yeah. There and then over here. Sorry, and it, it, I'm sorry if we keep going over this ground. If you have a company that does flips to fund BRRs, so it trades in order to invest, still keep them separate or wrap them up? Yeah, definitely. I think we probably cover holding companies It's cool. Over here. There's a question on holding companies. Yeah, there's another question. <laughs> so I've got this whole set up here of a holding company, and I've got four companies underneath there. Yeah. Three of them trading, and one of them's uh, investment BRR holding company. And do you own any properties in the BRR? I own one currently. Um, but it was set up so the trading companies could then send money, like you say, dividends up to the holding company and then back down to then invest. Yeah. So we're just constantly doing that rather than having to do lots of intercompany loans. Bad idea. Yeah. So <coughs> you'd say take that investment company out of that. I would say leave that property in there for now. Yeah. Because if you've got other income coming in, it's highly unlikely you're going to breach the 20% rule. All future properties that you buy yeah. have a separate company. Yeah. 
Because if you take the property out of there, you, 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 you'll have to pay tax on the uplift in the value, yeah. plus time duty land tax. Can you draw that? Could you? Yep. So what's the, just quickly, what, with the amount, just get this in my head, so is it the turnover of the trading companies that the, you're working with 10% of the 20%. 20%. And of the turnover? Now, turnover, yeah. or profit, yeah. or the value of the gross assets, yeah. uh, or the time spent by the uh, owners. Those aren't the only four indicators, by the way. Okay. They are the main indicators. Okay. Yeah. So at the moment, you've got H Co. And over here, you've got company one, yeah. which is investment. Company two, which is trading. Yeah. Company three, which is trading, yeah. yeah. Trading. And company four, that is trading, yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter if you've got four companies or not. But that's okay. So this one here, if you breach the 20% rule, you lose trading status. Now that might not affect you, by the way, because you might never sell these companies, and you might never claim R&D relief, you might never claim entrepreneurs relief, you might never claim investors relief, you never claim substantial shareholding exemption relief. Okay, but it might affect you. And one of the other big ones, which is linked to uh, the question our friend asked here earlier, is if you have a trading company uh, and uh, you pass away, uh, you, you, the people that you leave your shares to get to claim business relief, so there's no inheritance tax payable on a trading company's shares. Right. If you have an investment company, that forms part of your estate, goes into probate, and then you, you may have to pay inheritance tax. So that there might uh, mean uh, you might have your children, if you have any, or whoever you, you leave your uh, assets to, may have to pay inheritance tax. Uh, and this here might end up being a very big number, yeah? yeah. So that's why you want to keep it separate. Okay. And yeah, because one, one of the trading companies, we're not going to sell yet, but we might sell in the coming years. Yeah. So, and if that's the case, then you can take the investment company out of that structure. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Come. Yeah. You can do a D merger and Take, take this away before one property, I'll just leave it in there. Okay. It's not worth it. And then if I was going to joint venture with someone, would you add that into that company, into structure trade properties, would you un add that into that company structure? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, so that person over there, let's say you've got somebody else who's going to own part of this company here, yeah. whether it's number four or number five. Uh, you would, and let's say it's 50-50. You would own 50% over here, and they're 50%. They can own individually through their trading company or they can form a holding company and own 50%. That's up to them. Okay, you, you're not fussed about that. Yeah, all right. That's yeah? Cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Thank you. And we'll come to you next. Um, so if I want to use the money from my trading companies to do investments, would it be better to do a loan from company to company? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's all I need to tell Yeah. Company to company is fine. Company to individual is where you have a problem. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.